Welcome to the Cosmic Business Podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer, business coach, and CEO of Weave Your Bliss, a company with the goal to help a million spirit-led entrepreneurs build a cosmic business around their genius so that they can earn wildly well and bankroll the change they want to see in the world. A cosmic business is a new paradigm business that believes in collaboration over competition, building a business around your unique genius, aligning to the planets and your intuition, leading with your values, putting your health and the health of the planet first, treating people fairly and building giving into your business model. Sounds fabulous, right? On this show, I will take you behind the scenes of my thriving multi-six-figure business, including strategy on closing more sales, nurturing your community online, plus astrological insights to optimize your business and life. We'll also feature conversations with spirit-led business owners, creatives, and change makers to inspire you. I'm coming to you from our regenerative farm in rural Maine, my happy place, where we are currently creating space to welcome community for retreat and earth reconnection. Let's jump into the conversation. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Cosmic Business Podcast. I have a treat for you today. I have an interview with Abhinav Chetan, who is a digital marketing expert. I'll tell you a little bit more about him in a moment. I do want to let you know, though, before we jump in, that today is the last day to get $500 off my Cosmic Business Incubator program. There's only a few spots left. Maybe even as of this recording, it might be sold out. Don't worry, we're going to do it again in September if that's the case. However, This is my eight-week accelerator program for spirit-led entrepreneurs who want to get more clarity in their messaging so that they can attract their ideal client. They want an offer that is going to bring in a thriving income and a marketing plan that works for their uniqueness. You want those three things. I can help you do that in an eight weeks deep dive. There is recorded content that's super easy to digest with clear milestones. And we also have strategy calls with me every week where we're going to go into what you've turned in for that week so that you can move forward in your next task. My goal is to help 12 individuals pop out of this experience and be able to sell something that really is going to land with their audience. So if you are interested in that, go to the show notes, find the link for the Cosmic Business Incubator. Make sure you check out the content there and then book a call with me ASAP. If you book the call by today, I will honor the $500 off, although it ends tomorrow. You might not find a call immediately available. That's why I'm saying that. So just make sure you go in, you book a call, we'll talk, and we'll make sure that you are eligible for that additional money off. Okay, so I want to jump in. This is such an exciting episode because as I've shared in my newsletter and I share here, you know, we're making a huge leap forward right now in technology around. AI. And Abhinav is actually a digital marketing expert with 15 years of experience. 12 of those were spent at Google working with large brands, startups, and agencies in the US, UK, and India. So now he's an entrepreneur and he's using things like chat GPT, which you may have heard of. It's a chat bot that learns from you. And what is it's what's called generative AI. 
It allows you to create content on multiple platforms from a single piece of content. It allows you to create new content by getting ideas from the internet and kind of brainstorming with a a bot. And then you can add your flair and your touch and your knowledge. So he explains all of that. And I think you'll find this to be a really stimulating conversation because the last time that you know, Saturn was in Aquarius, we got the internet and that was a huge game changer for humanity. And I feel like AI is the game changer for this time that Saturn is in Aquarius. So it's not something that I would recommend ignoring. So Abhinav is a great uh, resource. I hope you learn a lot. He also has uh, programs coming up. Those links will be in the show notes. He also recently got recognized as among the top 40 under 40 marketers in India by Business World and runs a personal engagement platform at abhinavchetan.com. So you can learn more about him there. He's also a certified yoga teacher and an avid reader and a friend of mine. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I will, without any further ado, here is Abhinav Chetan. Hello, Abhinav. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Paula. Thanks so much for having me. Wonderful being here. I'm so happy to have you. I feel like, you know, we met on a retreat in Hardwar maybe like four years ago or something. It feels like a really long time ago. And we've really connected about digital marketing. You've been a great help to us with Dr. Robert Svoboda's online presence and giving us advice. And I always feel like you're on the cutting edge of what's going on with digital marketing because of your background, which we're going to get into. But right now, I want to start by talking about AI with you because I feel like that this is such a powerful tool. We were just in India together in January, February, and you were telling me about ChatGPT and, and the possibilities there. So can you start by just telling us what generative AI is? What does that mean? Sure. Oh, absolutely. And it's a topic on everybody's mind. Uh, in case you haven't heard of generative AI, then you're probably living under a rock. But just to give a broad definition, generative AI is uh, just a type of AI system which is capable of generating text, images, or other media in response to inputs or prompts, as they call now. And uh, generative AI is using different models, such as LLMs. And LLM is just a large language model on the basis of a lot of training data. Uh, and they're able to then create things uh, on the basis of that uh, data. There are many such systems which exist, but uh, most of us, of course, have heard of ChatGPT. It's a conversational chatbot built by OpenAI using the GPT-3 and GPT-4 large language models. Uh, you also have other solutions like uh, BART from Google. Uh, these are text-based uh, LLMs. But then you also have other generative AI models uh, like Stable Diffusion, MidJourney, and DALI. And these are the ones which are capable of creating images and potentially even video. So, um, you know, strap in because we're just getting started. Yeah. So I'm curious, why do you think that these things can't be ignored right now if you're marketing online? Personally, I think generative AI has applications across uh, multiple industries. In fact, we were doing a chat GPT workshop yesterday at the PhD Chamber of Commerce in India, and um, there were representatives from a wide variety of uh, verticals, but specifically Digital marketing, not just marketing, I'd you know, refine it for the digital marketing is is rife for disruption because uh, it relies so much on repetitive tasks where you have to create textual content, even uh, image-based content, as well as videos. So the fact that uh, digital marketing uses a lot of this all the time 
means that generative AI will impact this the most. It's not that AI has not been part of digital marketing uh, before. It's always been at the background. This is the first time when AI has, in fact, been democratized to a level where you and I can use it. When I was at Google, we were always working with MLN AI where all of that uh, was working behind the scenes. So I've seen it up close. And uh, now it's exciting for me because the applications are just limited by imagination. So I would say from a digital marketing perspective, all of content creation, as well as ideation and even distribution is something which uh, generative AI can uh, massively, massively accelerate. This is so cool. And I think what people need to understand is that these these models learn and that you can also give them prompts, right? And so you've shown me that the potential is kind of endless. In fact, right now we are taking a transcript of what we're doing here. And I want to put together a video with you showing people how we can take that transcript and create content from it. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure you look out for that. So like, maybe you can talk about this in this, you mentioned like a lever and a fulcrum, like how do, how do we make impact? Mm. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. I think from a leverage perspective, the reason why I like that principle and uh, physics is one of my favorite subjects is because it allows one to do more with less. And my entire work, if you look at what we've been doing with uh, small and medium businesses, as well as nonprofits and individuals, is to teach them how to scale their impact. But never before did you have such leverage possible where sitting wherever we are, we could uh, query the entire data set which the world had ever produced pre-December 2021. And I'll explain what that means. And be able to get a response which is very human-like. And I'm right now referring to ChatGPT. The idea of leverage, of course, has existed for the longest time, where the quote which I would use here is, give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum strong enough and I shall move the world. And now that is very much possible. From an impact perspective, when you think about digital marketing, let's just talk about some of these levers which uh, we use in our work. It requires the same amount of time and effort for you to manage $10,000 campaign, a $100,000 campaign, or even a million-dollar campaign. It's just the amount of expertise which uh, is required differs. But the time taken is roughly the same. Therefore, that is leverage. One person can manage $10,000, a million dollars, even $10 million. And while I was at Google, I worked with large brands across US, UK, and India, where we were looking at large multi-million dollar campaigns. When it comes to individuals, so that that is, of course, digital marketing impacting business, but Let's say you as an individual are responsible for a business, perhaps a small or medium business, and you have a variety of challenges where you're always uh, stuck with fewer resources and you know even lesser time. When it comes to that kind of a challenge, generative AI can really augment your capability because now you can very easily create content across different platforms and it's not limited just to textual content. Also, keep in mind that it's not just automating repetitive tasks, it's also allowing you to ideate as well as refine. So those things, when they come into the hands of uh, you and me, become very, very powerful. And the third thing, which uh, I'd say you and I connected over, which I think is you know leverage for human potential was yoga, where when we met at the retreat, and uh, it was quite a coincidence, and I, and I still feel privileged to have uh, uh, the association of uh, you know Dr. Svoboda and you 
where uh, I personally think yoga is the most powerful leverage uh, I could ever learn in my life. So that's the idea of leverage where we can do more with less. And I would say generative AI is from a technological point of view, the most powerful leverage that individuals could ever get. So, I mean, I'm thinking of so many things. You just, we always have these really stimulating conversations and I'm like, where should I go from here? Um, the first thing I want to say is, you know, from an astrological perspective, I, I wrote my newsletter list about this recently. The last time that Saturn was in Aquarius, we got the internet. The time before that, we got the personal computer. And I feel like this time, since Saturn's been in Aquarius officially since January, but it moved into Aquarius a bit last year, we've gotten AI. And I feel like this is something that people, I mean, we've had AI, but not to the level that we've ha- we have it now. So I think this is something that people can't really ignore. You know, Saturn and Aquarius is that innovative, big thinking that changes humanity, you know, and you and I have talked about this. There's a lot of fears out there about what it could mean to have this powerful kind of AI. And and those are all valid. There's things going on. People are talking about them, right? There's there's interesting conversations about how this is going to impact our economy and our thinking. But I'm curious if we can talk, like maybe get some examples of what does it look like to put in a, in a prompt, like what does it look like to have a conversation with an AI bot? And then what are some of the applications? Like maybe give us some really clear examples so that people know what this, what that looks like. Sure. No, let's unpack this. You've said a few different things. And uh, that is an area which, uh, I mean, I'm not someone who is very familiar with astrology, but you're the expert here. But it's fascinating that you've already spoken about massive jumps in technology when perhaps Saturn and Aquarius were together at the same time. And if that is the case now, then uh, clearly people need to take notice. But coming to uh, applications and making it useful for people, think of it this way. And you also mentioned how there are fears as well as apprehensions. And then we spoke about applications. So let's break these down. Uh, It's interesting to hear that from an astrological perspective, it's uh, a transformational time. So we should anyways pay attention to that. From an apprehension and fears perspective, I personally am a strong proponent of the fact that AI and I go well together. Any new technology, when it is sufficiently advanced, is, as one of my favorite science fiction authors said, is indistinguishable from magic. For many people, magic is uh, fear-inducing. And a prompt could also be, you know, from an analogy perspective, thought of as a spell. You use the right spell and you get the right impact. Uh, You know, something manifests. Right now, it's text. Tomorrow, it'll be images. In fact, even right now, you can create a lot of very, very interesting uh, images from um, platforms like Journey and Dali and so on and so forth. And soon you'll also have video. So now you have a system which can create. You have these prompts which can help you create uh, almost like uh, you know the right spell and you can create the right thing. So let's speak about the fear and the apprehension perspective uh, because I've gotten that question often enough. One of the fears which exists is that it will take away jobs. But this is not a new thing. I think history has taught us that every time we have seen a, a massive jump in technology, it's allowed us to do more important, more strategic things. Whether it was the calculator, or it was the car, or it was the computer, or it was the internet. It's just that the nature of work changed. So that is one thing I'm a strong believer in. Then there are fears of privacy. And what we've seen with Italy banning ChatGPT is an expression of that fear. However, companies are very aware of these concerns, especially with uh, growing voices around the world uh, to adopt 
better data practices. So what I would like to share here is that ChatGPT slash OpenAI is now providing an opt-out form. They're saying very clearly that if you do not want us to read your data, you can fill this form. We will, of course, uh, be producing slightly less relevant results. However, be assured that your data will not be part of our learning models. So there are many foolproof systems which can be built in. And this is ChatGPT offering them. There are many services now built. In fact, one of my ex-Google friends um, uh, based in London has started a company which does the same thing where you can connect into any of these uh, generative AI models and they will hash the data both ends so that you are protected and your data is protected. So there is enough and more, I'd say, availability of options for you to protect your data. So those are two basic fears. One is my job will go away or I will become, become redundant. The second is my data is not uh, secure. So both of them, um, I'd say, are covered. Yes, of course, I would still be cautious about how I use these tools. I wouldn't necessarily put in any personal information. I wouldn't take it to edge cases and try and jailbreak them as a lot of people try and do that. I personally think that um, if you can use it as a friend, an assistant, a guide, um, it works wonderfully well. Now, final part of your question, when you said, how can you make it useful for people? When you say applications, there are many. I mean, for instance, we've been now running these uh, individual learning sessions on how can people automate all of their content marketing. If you were on, let's say, three or four different social media channels, now a lot of your content there could be automated. Let's say you want to write a blog or newsletter, some Twitter threads. You also want to create posts for LinkedIn as well as Instagram and Facebook. All of it can be automated to a great degree. You still need... And then, of course, you read through it and you give it your eyes and make sure that it's in your voice and everything. But that even it learns, right? It even learns from how you like to say things. You can put things in there that you've written and say, make this into a blog post or something like that. Yes. You bring a very interesting point. A lot of people are not really using the full potential of these tools at the moment, where it can also be trained on your own voice as well as your own language. For instance, um, if you were to perhaps want to create a newsletter and some blog articles as well as um, some LinkedIn posts for your brand, you could potentially first look to teach the generative AI tool how you speak and what your content looks like. So keep in mind that the data cutoff for ChatGPT in this case was December 2021. And a lot of your website and your content would have changed after that. So it's not going to pick up stuff real time. So you have to manually almost feed it that textual information so that it can learn from it. And then once it does, it can produce content which is very similar to what your tone and tenor and brand voice would look like. So it does take a little bit of understanding and maneuvering but it's very, very much possible. So interesting. So you were mentioning that you used to work at Google and maybe you can talk about what, what you did there and just share a little bit more about your background. It was a very interesting um, job description which came my way back in 2008. It said Google is looking for science graduates with writing skills. That was not a job description which comes around every other day. And somehow I happened to uh, be the exact person they were looking for. I studied electronics and I was very interested in writing. I was incidentally doing a creative writing course from the British Council when I applied to Google. And uh, I think my life changed when I joined Google because Google had just come to India, I think in 2000, late 2006, early 2007. And I was among the first few hundred employees in Google India to join. 
across the 12 years, 12 and a half years I worked there, I worked across um, operations, automation, product management, product marketing with large brands across US, UK, and India. And these brands included the top spenders in all of these countries. And um, I was also very deeply involved with um, the accelerators and startups because that is something which was just coming up as digital was becoming more and more prominent somewhere around 2012 to 2015. Uh, this was early in the US and UK, and then the same wave came to India as well. And towards the second half of my career in Google, I got really interested in working with nonprofits. So I used to lead um, the Google for Nonprofits and Disaster Relief Portfolio for India. Throughout my career at Google, I learned digital marketing very well. That's something I can say I know reasonably well enough uh, because I've seen it grow from the inside as well as worked with large brands across countries. So that's what my career at Google looked like. What made you decide to become an entrepreneur? Why did you move on? Yeah, no, I was just coming to that. Thanks for thanks for asking. Oh, thanks for prompting. Hopefully I give you the right response now. I quit in mid-2020 because I had a very strong desire to digitize nonprofits, uh, work with uh, small and medium businesses and startups and teach. I had uh, worked for long enough with large brands and large agencies. Uh, so I wanted to take the power of digital and the leverage I had seen upfront to individuals, to nonprofits, as well as to businesses who, in most cases, do not really have the access to the kind of learning we had, the kind of tools we had. So that was uh, why I quit. And those ideas and dreams are now manifesting as the three lines of initiatives we run, which is Digital for Nonprofits, which is Digicated, which is abhinavchetan.com. The first works with qualified nonprofits by aggregating technology grants. The second works with small and medium businesses and startups and helps them improve their digital marketing maturity. And as Abhinav Chetan, I have been teaching and writing and recently started a newsletter on my personal website. Yeah. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how to scale. Like, what does that mean for nonprofits, for small business owners who are most of who the audience is here? Like, when we're talking about building something and bringing it to scale, what does that mean? Yeah. It's a very important aspect of uh, business growth. And at Google, the kind of thinking we were instilled with was what I would uh, call 10x thinking, which is, uh, if it's not going to grow 10x, then it's not worth your time. Since I've been bred with that kind of thinking and I've seen that kind of growth happen, uh, we've almost, uh, I wouldn't say it's a foolproof blueprint, but at least we know the path where uh, you can uh, scale businesses using digital with a reasonable amount of confidence in the fact that this will happen. So, uh, for instance, let's take examples across each of these lines of businesses you spoke about. So, let's speak about a small and medium business first. And um, in India, the small and medium business industry is, by the way, the backbone of the economy. And it is true, in fact, in most countries, because a lot of these organizations and enterprises end up growing into larger organizations, providing employment, also fueling growth. And most of these organizations face similar challenges. For instance, they don't really have the right know-how. So access to education, access to capability building is limited. Often enough, they don't have the right tools. That's another challenge because of the fact that uh, they're currently probably not at that scale where you know, large agencies or large technology companies are taking interest in them. And the third thing I'd say is, uh, is purely from a talent perspective. Often enough, you know, good talent goes to ends up going to larger organizations, brands, you see. So those are three challenges I've seen 
small and medium businesses face and the similar challenges which even nonprofits face because they're also in many ways small brands now when you think of scaling at least from a i'd say a digital marketing perspective uh, let's just break down all three of them the first is um, from an education perspective understand how leverage with any and all of these platforms and the common platforms we see are google and meta and amazon and linkedin is possible for you to extract without having to break the bank a lot of a lot of brands keep thinking that they will spend a lot of money to be able to create value from that no that's not true because all these platforms also offer what we call organic reach so if a small and medium business owner can understand how to use a platform both from a paid and organic perspective they're already ahead of the curve so that's one thing which is very important for small and medium businesses to understand from a digital marketing perspective the second thing when we speak about tools it's interesting that today when we speak about generative ai the most powerful tool is available at just 20 dollars a month and there are so many other tools which are now getting built on top of these uh, apis that smbs or small and medium businesses cannot now complain that they do not have the right tools simply because all these tools which are getting built i was reading a report that why combinators investment for the next uh, i think uh, cohort is about 65 to 70% generative ai which means that a lot of investment is now going into these tools another report i read said that the investments in generative ai have grown beyond 100 billion dollars per year now and it's just taken off in the last two years that means that you will have a lot of enterprise grade tools which are available to all of you you and me to be used for us to be able to scale uh, so that is something which is i would say a very reassuring and a redeeming thing which is happening all around us that no longer are these tools just the bastion of the large companies and the folks who could pay a, a, a really large amount of money uh, the third thing when it comes to talent i would say is a mix of a you don't you probably don't need as many people now you want one two probably even three smart people who understand how to use generative ai and they could do the work of many a lot of this could be automated especially from an smb's perspective the other thing i've seen personally is and this is true in my example when you're seen as a business who's forward thinking and digital ready there are a lot of people now particularly now who are very keen to work with you as a business why because you will be able to offer them opportunities to learn so keeping that in mind is very important this is happening with me all the time where we have a lot of people who keep uh, writing into us and they want to intern with us they want to do projects with us simply because of the way they perceive us they perceive us as digital first as ai ready as uh, uh, you know folks who are forward thinking so that's what i would say uh, is probably the recipe for growth for uh, small and medium businesses as well as not profits yeah so uh, just to say as well you know from a solopreneur perspective or somebody who's got a small team you know these tools can help you have almost like a bigger team you know it allows you to do more with less like like abhinav was saying and also scaling for us means building a business that's easier to to um have the resources we need in order to make a bigger impact and also grow what's possible like grow our vision grow you know our our company allow there to be more people who are learning within our company and i think these positions are very desired you know like my assistant loves her job because she can work from her farm just like i'm working from my farm so there's a lot of freedom that can come I think that's an interesting point to kind of bring it home like what are three tools Abhinav you're like what are three things 
that you think small business owners, specifically like solopreneurs, people with really small teams should start using right now, like with AI, for example? So I would say begin with ChatGPT. It's um, easy to use. It's also out there and everyone's talking about it. You will have a lot of support resources for it. You can um, take a $20 plan for ChatGPT for and start playing around with it right away. So that's where I'd suggest you start. And that's not the only tool. So don't stop there. Experiment with BARD as well. It's currently available in the US and UK. But see the contrast and the differences. So this is one sort of tool which I would recommend people should start using. You will see Meta come in with their own conversational AI platform. So you shouldn't be limited to just one tool because BARD is also learning very quickly. So you will see that come up uh, as a real competitor for ChatGPT. The second kind of tool I would suggest you try is Midjourney and Dali. Again, available for people to use for free as well, as well as for a small And what fee. is that one? What does that do? Midjourney is a tool, for instance, with ChatGPT, you creating text. With Midjourney, you creating images. And uh, again, the idea of leverage is very clearly visible there. It's a very small team, by the way. It is probably a team which is uh, under 20 members. And uh, they have been able to create their Discord servers probably bigger than most Discord servers uh, for most companies. And they've attracted so much interest. Why? Because they are currently working on the hardest problem to solve. Well, I, would, I still wouldn't say the hardest, but among the harder problems to solve where you can create image from text. ChatGPT is creating text from text. So Midjourney is creating images and it's creating stunning images. So I recommend people see what they're doing. So there's Dali as well as Midjourney. Again, the idea here is text to image. I personally think text to video is still a bit far out. So start with uh, these two. Spend time on ChatGPT and Bard. Spend time on Dali and uh, Midjourney. The third tool, well, more than tool, I would say platforms you should spend some time on is while you will create text and you will create images, where will you distribute these messages on? And that distribution channel is very important for you to understand. And the two primary ones, of course, are Google and Facebook. And they are about 65 to 70% of all digital advertising in the world. And there's a reason why, because they have such large distribution. Facebook reaches about 2.5 to 3 billion people. Google across its products has nine products, which are more than a billion users. So understanding how Google and Meta function, because Google is not just one product. Most people think of it as Google search. No. There's YouTube, there's Maps, there's Gmail, there's uh, Translate. There's so many other things going on there. There's Play. On Facebook as well, you see Facebook, Instagram, as well as WhatsApp. So just understanding where you will distribute all this content you create is also important. If you understand these three, ChatGPT and its variants, uh, MidJourney and its variants, and then distribution platforms like Google and Facebook, you are set up for success. Yeah. And I usually tell my folks with platforms to really get to know one and get, you know, use it well. And if you're telling stories and you're using your content smartly and then you get into a good rhythm, then you can go to another one <laughs> because it can be overwhelming to try to do too many platforms at one time. You can also repurpose things and you can, like you said, you can go into chat GPT. This could actually make it easier to use more than one platform if you just understand like how to take one piece of content and then put it into chat GPT and say, can you make this into a LinkedIn post or can you make this into an Instagram post or story or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll just take a cue from there and give an example to you and the audience. Let's say you and I had to co-write an essay on uh, the 
benefits of uh, giving. Let's say that is our topic. Pre-chat GPT, you would have, of course, have to research a lot, read a lot, different resources, perhaps PDFs, books, maybe get together and do some brainstorming and think of a structure. And we're co-writing an essay here, so it'll take some time. But now with ChatGPT, you could just query multiple PDFs and books, get original ideas, create a structure of the essay, and start at least a framework. And you can also determine what's the length of the essay you want to write. Let's say you want to write a 5,000-word essay or a 2,000-word essay. Let's say we start co-writing that essay with ChatGPT, and the two of us are doing this together by contributing our understanding of the idea of giving. By the end of um, the session, you would at least have a clear outline, some framework, some ideas. Once we have that and we keep refining it, in this case, we're not just using AI, we're also using our lens and our understanding of the idea of giving and we're co-writing. When we come to a product which we are satisfied with, let's say we come to a 3000 word essay, this piece of content can now further be broken down into multiple formats. For instance, you want a Twitter thread, which is relating to the idea of giving based on your essay, easy to create. The same thing now can be created into a newsletter, not one, but perhaps four, a series of newsletters explaining the idea of giving. Now you want three SEO articles from that for your website, easy to do. The same thing can be converted into a LinkedIn post. Let's not stop that. Let's also create some Quora questions and answers from here. And you could also even look at translating into multiple languages. So do you see what I mean by one piece of content being repurposed for multiple platforms. So you don't have to, as a small and medium business owner or as a solopreneur, uh, be scared of being present on multiple channels because remember that being on multiple channels means A, higher distribution, B also means increased consumer trust. A new user, when they come and see that you're present on LinkedIn as well as on Quora, as well as on Twitter, they are more confident, confident about your product or your service as opposed to them seeing you just being probably present on Instagram. Yeah. I think this is a helpful tool that can broaden. And like you've said to me before, we can't really afford to ignore this tool. It's as if, you know, like what I was saying earlier, you, you know, 30 years ago decided to ignore the internet. <laughs> Where would you be now? So I feel, I feel similarly like this tool is going to help people exponentially grow their small business and create, you know, more opportunity for their energy and time to be used elsewhere and to bring the business to the next level. I'm curious if you have any any thoughts or maybe you can give us an example of what that's looked like using this tool in your own business or using this tool like what are you already seeing in in you know how it's changed your work let's take the two things you said one is you said what happened to folks who ignored the internet 30 years back so we're in a similar position today and i'm reminded of this uh quote where wayne gretzky who's a well-known ice hockey player said that you know i skate with the puck is going to be, not where the puck is. And we have that opportunity right now where we can be ahead of the game. But to be ahead of the game, you need to ensure that you're learning quickly. You also need to be sure about the fact that you're iterating quickly. Things are changing so fast in this scheme of things that every day you will see something new come up. The most recent uh, example is something called AutoGPT. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or other people have heard of it, which is in fact automating what ChatGPT is doing. So it's almost like an autonomous entity which can complete tasks for you without intervention. 
right now we still need some intervention so so it's making prompts for you not just that what is it doing? not just that it's uh, also going to go ahead and execute those prompts for you so that's mm-hmm. the kind of it's very experimental it's not available to everybody i'm just sharing this because the rate of change is such that um, for people to keep up is also uh, a challenge in itself i devote at least uh, a certain uh, amount of time just reading about what's happening on a daily basis in addition to using this for my own applications so that's one thing i'd say then you mentioned you wanted to get uh, some understanding of use cases how it's already impacted you yeah in your business how do you see it's kind of already impacted what you've been able to do yeah multiple things for instance when we started our newsletter called between calls it brings the best of digital marketing wellness and popular science in one place and we saw the need to be able to curate that kind of content because uh, there's a lot of noise out there so to bring what is the most important news or the most important development in these three segments which i have spent a lot of time with i felt was an important niche so in the case of between calls whenever we're creating the newsletter all the images are now created by ai i don't have to go and hunt on any of these image tools even if it was a lot of people probably use canva canva pro you might be using uh, other sorts of image uh, destinations where you're probably either subscribing to a purchase plan or just picking it up from here or there we don't need that anymore and these images are custom created for us so i don't have to worry about the topic not matching the image which often enough when you're creating content used to become an issue so that's one simple example where this is very helpful and it doesn't stop that another thing which we've been able to use this for is to brainstorm for instance when i was doing the chat gpt workshop with the phd chamber of commerce yesterday i was able to brainstorm with the uh, chat gpt just to see by telling them this is my audience by telling it that this is the kind of time i have and this is the kind of conversation i like to have we went back and forth and almost co-created a presentation which was by the way very well received uh, and i credited ChatGPT in front of the audience saying while we're doing a workshop on ChatGPT I must tell you that I was using ChatGPT just to be able to build this conversation so those things uh, were very helpful and I personally think once you get um, into the scheme of things then it would be very hard for you to work the way you were working before and the reason why I say this is because often enough uh, you would have ChatGPT go off because uh, it's not available because the servers are down so i've now purchased the api and even if chat gpt is not functioning i'm at least using the api and i'm doing my work in excel because uh, for a couple of days when it was not available i saw how it was hampering my productivity because i was just used to being able to get it to uh, assist me in doing simple things and even complex things and i just want to point out like a lot of my listeners are spirit led entrepreneurs they're you know interested in the divine aspect you know and so you are also like a spiritual practitioner you have a practice so this is not something that is you know that can't be used in a good way to create more good in the world and so if you have a good perspective and you're then using it to not productivity for productivity's sake actually efficiency so that you have more energy and time to dedicate to your practices to not be sitting on your computer like wouldn't you agree with that as well 101% and thanks for bringing that up i would say when i started my business or now multiple businesses i was very clear that the idea of leverage is right at the center and i would 
articulated to myself as we are now using leverage to fulfill purpose, create profit. And then when AI is layered on top of that, you get an additional advantage because you can do both of these things in a lesser amount of time. You can still fulfill purpose and earn profit, but now you don't need that much time to be able to do those things. One of the things I've been thinking about, and since you mentioned leverage and how it can be used for good, is I really like the idea of, uh, I think Sundar Pichai probably said this, when he said AI is perhaps the most important discovery after the discovery of fire. And I really like that analogy because in my personal practice, and we've done this together as well when we sit to do a HOMA, that is a practice which um, somehow has been growing and I've been practicing and doing HOMAs and also in certain capacities, sharing what I've learned and other people have picked up uh, some of what I have been able to share. The fire as an element, both of us know, is uh, is pure. It can be used both for doing good as well as for doing bad. And we see the examples of fire around us all the time. The fact that we're being able to communicate right now is a direct impact of the use of fire. However, you could also go out and probably throw perhaps a petrol bomb on someone and harm them. So it's totally in our hands where we're using certain sorts of um, energy for good. I see AI as the same technology. I'd probably even go ahead and say that I see AI as very analogous to fire, where, for instance, when in a HOMA, we are manifesting certain things in the real world by using fire. AI and generative AI is also manifesting objects, but they are virtual objects, in this case, text and image and video. But how you use it, what are the ends that you want to meet with it is totally something which is determined by your intent. If your intent is good and you understand how to use this technology, I think uh, being able to create impact in the kind of context we want to create impact will be much easier now. And I see this happening already. With nonprofits, we see how we've been teaching them how to use um, AI and they're suddenly in the last few months being able to accelerate their digital maturity like never before. So I already see the implications of that. Uh, I'm sure there are enough detractors where they will speak about how there is uh, fake news and uh, manipulative images as well as uh, you know certain kinds of uh, content which is getting created using the same tools. But that's always existed. The good's always existed with the bad. It's just that now we have technology which can do a lot more good than what you could do before with the same amount of time. Whether you choose to do it or not is completely up to you or me in this case. So what would you say if somebody wants to learn more about how to get better at prompts, how to use this tool more effectively? Are you you have a workshop coming up, right? Are you going to be helping people? Yeah, so we have been doing multiple workshops um, on ChatGPT. And one of the tips I'd share with listeners here, a lot of people don't seem to be aware of this right now. And um, in multiple workshops, we've seen how just sharing this with audiences helps them get better outputs and helps them become better prompt engineers, if I can use that term. Of course, there is also you know, a workshop where we talk about ChatGPT and how to use it in different contexts. So whether it is for content marketing or for search engine optimization or for advertising on different platforms, there's, there's a variety of modules available. However, the most important thing which anybody here who cares to use ChatGPT should know is that the way you need to craft prompts, and this is an important part, so please do keep this in mind, is to remember three things. First is 
you want to give the prompt a persona. And I will explain with an example. Then you need to define a task. And the third is you, you want to give a constraint. For example, let's say Paula and I have to plan um, a short trip in India for 10 people in November. Now, we could also use ChatGPT to get assistance and uh, see what comes. Now, when I'm crafting a prompt, this is exactly what I would do. I would, I would give it a persona saying, act as a travel agent who knows India better than anybody else. There's a reason why I'm saying that, because you want the engine to look at data where travel agents for India have already shared that kind of information. So it will pick up that personality. Then we give it a task saying, we want to plan a five-day trip for 15 people where we will have both adults as well as children. And we will also give it a budget saying we do not want to spend more than $5,000, perhaps. Now, that is... That's a nice trip. <laughs> okay, let's, let, let's probably... Luxury yeah. for five days. Let, let's, let's reduce well, maybe the maybe for the whole it's group. It's for the whole group. Okay. I, I thought for 15 okay. people, $5,000 in India should be okay. Or, or we can ask them to contribute. So that's the task we've given. And then we can give it some constraints. The constraints we've already shared, you know, there's $5,000 available. Let's add another constraint saying the location should uh, not be too cold, not too hot. And now share this output with us in a tabular format with day-by-day -day itinerary. Now, this is your prompt. If you craft the prompt in this manner, I would even use the words, or if you would cast a spell in this manner, the output which you would get would be far superior to what you would have gotten by querying it multiple times. Or searching the or internet, searching the right? Internet. And thinking or about the it. Internet. No, no one is stopping you from using the internet alongside, but you've already created an itinerary almost gotten a very smart assistant to provide you an output. And now from there, you can perhaps go and search. Now, you don't have to stop here. You can continue querying by giving it different inputs, by saying that here is another constraint I want to add, et cetera, et cetera. But remember these three things. Give a persona, outline a task, and then give it a constraint. There are multiple other aspects to it. You could keep going further and further and adding more dimensions. But that's uh, more complex, and perhaps we can speak about that in, 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 in a workshop. But if you use these three, your prompt game will already improve from where it is right now. Awesome. And if we can, we'll put some links for your upcoming workshop and uh, ways that people can connect with you as well so that they can follow along. Because I think you do have a course in the works, am I right? Yeah. In fact, we've been um, running a bunch of these sessions for a while. And um, there's one happening next weekend, but uh, we will definitely share all the details and you should be able to choose uh, what kind of application you'd like to learn. I think the, the simplest application to begin with is to start looking at how to use ChatGPT for content and content marketing. That's the most basic uh, application which everybody would be able to use, understand, as well as apply. So we could start with that, and then there are you know six, seven other modules, which uh, if people are interested, they could always uh, sign up for. Well, I have a few rapid-fire questions for you. Are you open to that? Okay, sure. <laughs> it's simple. What is one piece of advice that has really helped you in your life? I think one thing which uh, comes to mind, this was a really interesting insight which I heard from someone where he defined spirituality as in a very succinct manner. And he said, uh, spirituality is uh, having peace of mind when you close your eyes. And when you open your eyes with folded hands, you say, 
how can I help? How can I be of service? So to me, that idea stuck because it was a very simple uh, idea, but it said something very profound that when you close your eyes, you have peace of mind. When you open your eyes, you say, how can I help? How can I be of service? So that has been extremely powerful, at least uh, more lately, uh, and has been something which I remind myself of um, often. Mm, I like that. Um, so I'm always interested in how in entrepreneurs morning routine, like what is it that is non-negotiable in your morning routine? I would say I want to start with some form of exercise. And this would include uh, some breath work could be pranayam and some sort of hatha yoga could be suranamaskar combined with a little bit of um, exercise without using too much equipment just against uh, weight. So about 45 minutes of um, of getting your body to move and your breath to move is something which I consider very important. One other thing which has lately become a daily practice is to use um, a little bit of ash mixed with oil as um, a daily abhyangam um, or practice. So those are two things which currently um, are things which I've been following. Uh, I, I wouldn't say non-negotiable, perhaps you know a day or two I might miss, but this is something which uh, I cannot miss for too long because start, I start really start craving it. So yeah, mm. right now, these are the two things which come to mind. I would say that oiling the skin is so underrated. Like a lot of my Ayurvedic practitioners out there know, but I think that's that was a huge game changer for me. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, okay, here's a fun one because you and I also like to read um, and talk about books. What are you reading right now? Or what is a book that you would suggest to people? Interesting that you asked that. And it can be more than yeah, one. Yeah, it has to be because, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm um, never reading one book at a time. Uh, I recently read The Secret Life of Plants, and it was a fascinating account of how everything around you is alive. It's just that uh, we don't necessarily have the, the apparatus to perceive it. So that's something which I would highly recommend. The other thing which I would recommend is The Hidden Life of Trees, which is a related topic. Um, again, got into it because I was reading The Secret Life of Plants. So recommended. Definitely check it out. The second book is, in fact, um, a spiritual classic. I think a lot of your readers might already know about it. It's called I Am That by Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj. And I have recently started just reading a few pages uh, just before I go to sleep. And um, that's become almost a daily practice. The third uh, book which I'm reading right now, in fact, is, is a biography called The Man Who Knew Infinity. And it's on the life of uh, Ramanujan, who's a genius sort of mathematician, only getting discovered now. You know, this guy in um, the early 1900s was um, pouring out math, which explained black holes. And we're only getting to it now. And it's interesting that uh, he credited uh, all of his achievements to uh, his Devi, uh, divine you know, goddess he was worshipping. So a very interesting and fascinating individual. Uh, mathematician sort of part excellence. So uh, I would recommend these three books uh, in case um, anybody would be interested. Is there, is there any other book I'm reading right now? Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> You're like me. I always have a couple stacked on my, my yeah, nightstand. That's what, that's what I'm looking at. The Navnath Bhakti Sar. That's something mm. uh, which both, uh, you know, Paula, you and I know about. And that's something which um, 
is a very very interesting text which many people don't know about uh, and um, currently we're um, in between the hindi marathi version but hopefully we should be able to see an english translation so uh, let's see if that happens and when yeah. that happens okay so any i mean of course we're going to share links to things people can engage with you online that'll all be in the show notes for anybody who's interested but do you have any like parting thoughts on this topic before we jump off or is there anything we missed that you want to share about just the way i have attempted to incorporate leverage into my life and profession anybody can do that now simply because the tools a are out there and b are easily available and when i say leverage i pointed to through to three things the first was digital marketing which can help uh, one person do um, uh, the job of many as well as create impact uh, sitting in one place uh, across the world the second of course is uh, generative ai which can really empower individuals to improve uh, their productivity and in fact be able to save time to do other things especially in the context of in the cosmic uh, business podcast where a lot of folks who are listening perhaps uh, have uh, their own spiritual practices perhaps they need time for meditation and uh, yoga and exercise and other things uh, the third thing i would say is uh, just the idea of yoga is also massive leverage that's what i'd leave people with that when you can do more with less um, you're you know in in many ways already mimicking divinity i would say because uh, with the uh, divine beings and you know gods and goddesses the same things happening where they're being able to achieve a lot uh, with less so if you can use leverage in your life as well as work you'd be able to create more impact you'd be able to save time and hopefully uh, be able to create uh, more value you know, not just for yourself but also for people around yeah i mean that's what i'd say is uh, is is what's on my mind right now of course you would have heard you would have heard uh, multiple you know statements there's one going around which you know a lot of people tout to get attention saying ai will not replace you a person using ai will i don't subscribe to that i just uh, have my own statement where i say ai and i go better together so that's what i would probably leave everybody with as a parting thought thank you so much so everybody please check out abhinav's work it'll be in the show notes thank you again abhinav for your time a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks so much Paula. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thanks for having me and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cosmic Business Podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review for us so other spirit-led entrepreneurs can find out about us. I want to thank Team Podcast for production support on this podcast. as well as the musicians of the music that we're listening to now Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantu Ledesma from an album Fragments of a Season which you can check out wherever you listen to music I hope you have a wonderful day and I look forward to connecting with you on a future episode